What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. Of course, we'll be talking about Batgirl. There's a new report coming out that the HBO Max movie may not be an HBO Max movie after all. Of course, DC had, had plotted to have several of their DC films, Static Shock, Blue Beetle, and Batgirl come out on HBO Max uh, which was pretty controversial when they came out with this plan. You know, they, they called the, the products, quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, what was risky, I think was the word they used, uh, risky prop properties. But now as the studio has seen the success of the Batman, they're now apparently having second thoughts about maybe putting Batgirl on H- uh, on in regular theaters as a, as a more conventional theatrical release. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll also talk about. Uh, Michael Waldron, who's the, the, the screenwriter for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He also was the head writer for Loki. So he's a pretty interesting figure in this uh, MCU Phase 4 ordeal. He spoke about the tie-ins of Loki and Doctor Strange. If you watch Loki, it would make sense for there to be some kind of tie-in. So I'll give you guys his comments about what exactly those tie-ins may be or how people should view those two different uh, projects um, and, and how they should view them together in some sense. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a movie a lot of people are very excited about. Well, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to see it. There was a delay announced by Sony this past week for that film. So that will not be a movie you'll be seeing in October of 2022, which was the plan. We'll give you guys that new release date for Part 1 and 2 of Spider-Verse, along with a new release date for Madam Web which had previously not had an official release date. So good stuff to talk about on today's show. Kendall is not with us again today, but we'll hopefully have him back soon. Shamari does join me. Sham, what is up, dude? And what are you looking forward to talking about today? Hey, EJ. Glad to, of course, be on the show, as always. Um, I suppose I'm looking forward to talking about Spider-Verse. It's, uh, I guess this pushing the date back is uh, you know, not something you want to hear, but... Um, you know, I'm sure that'll, that'll be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, you know, I was watching Spider-Verse actually last week I was, uh, away, I was out of town and, you know, <laughs> I always feel you end up watching weird stuff when you're in a hotel room in terms of like, just like whatever the channels that you have and, and yep. you, know, you don't have, you know, all the channels you may normally have. You've had a, a pretty big cable package. So you're limited to your 2030 channels. I'm flipping to find anything that's not NBA playoffs. Maybe the games were over, and I stumbled upon Spider Verse was being played on TNT, I think, or TBS. And man, that that movie is a classic, dog. You want to talk yep. about a real full on classic? That is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. And I turned to it in one of my favorite scenes, which is a scene in which uh, uh, the 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 new Doc Ock, which is not you no. Know, Otto Octavius, mm-hmm. but Octavia, uh, Octavia, what was her name? Uh, uh, Olivia Octavia, uh, Olivia Octavius, I believe her name was. Um, mm-hmm. But that reveal, Shamari, to, for the Doc Ock reveal was one of the, I think one of the best reveals I've seen in a superhero movie. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, when I first great. watched it, but then even watching it again and how it played out and how it just made so much sense that, you know, that, that she would be Doc Ock because she's working so closely with Kingpin. And, you know, she looks, she seems like a mild-mannered kind of, you know, woman, but then she, you know, realizes that, you know, she's the Doc Ock of that universe, and the, the arms come out, and it's just, it's it's so well done, and shout out to the great Catherine Hahn. I actually had forgot that Catherine Hahn voiced uh, uh, mm-hmm. Olivia Octavius in that in that movie, 
And man, you want to talk about great casting too? That's that's perfect, perfect casting in that in that slot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I just so I, I'm also excited to talk about um, um, Spider Verse a little later in the podcast. But let's begin the episode talking about Batgirl. So, as I said before, Batgirl had been planned to be a HBO Max solo release, meaning there was not going to be a release in theaters. It was going to be part of this plan by Warner Media and DC to bolster HBO Max by putting some of these high-end movies on the streaming platform. Now, of course, in 2021, they had made that bold move to say, hey, all the movies that are coming out this year or are supposed to come out this year, we're going to put them all on HBO Max for you guys to, to see. And a lot of people did enjoy that, though it did probably hurt their box office numbers a little bit. Of course, there were you know, theater companies and things like that that were very upset upset with uh, Warner Media's plan to do that. And and I think to kind of play, maybe kind of have their cake and eat it too in the years beyond the 2020-2021 era of the pandemic, they wanted to have this kind of hybrid thing where they had, of course, a lot of their major movies still in theaters, but they, they did have big-time major movies also released for streaming services only. We've seen Disney+. Plus put some uh, Disney put some of their movies on Disney+. Plus. We've seen... Netflix, of course, is a streaming-only platform anyway, and they've they've had several movie releases on their streaming service. So I think HBO Max thought they could probably one-up them by having DC movies on the HBO Max streaming service. Now, their announcement of this, or at least the, the plotting of this, had come with some detractors because of the framing. The framing was that you know properties like Batgirl, properties like Static Shock, properties like Blue Beetle were quote-unquote risky, and therefore, they made more sense to maybe put on HBO Max as opposed to putting them on in theaters, which was a little offensive to some people because, you know, you're talking about, hey, a female hero, a black hero, a Latino hero, eh, that might be a little risky. Let's put them on the streaming service. They, let's not maybe put them in theaters. So so that messaging may be the reason why we're hearing a course change, but apparently, according to um, this report, they're apparently now wondering if... Batgirl, considering the success of the Batman, which is I think crossed seven hundred fifty million dollars million dollars globally, um, it's just been an absolute juggernaut as a as just a as a property, as a film, as a as a cultural entity. I feel like in twenty twenty two, the Batman certainly did everything DC could have hoped. Now they're looking at that success and saying, hey, maybe we decide to you know flip a few more bucks over to the production, maybe get the CGI look a little better on this Batgirl movie. And with how we're set up, maybe we put this in theaters instead of putting it on HBO Max. Sham, what are your thoughts on this apparent confusion or apparent about face potentially by Warner Media to maybe eventually put Batgirl on in theaters as opposed to on the streaming service? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't. Um, it could be like you like you said. It could be various different factors. Um, it could be kind of the the kind of poor, like you said, the 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 the, the negative optics surrounding that. Um, you know, when it comes to putting characters like Batman in the theaters and then Batgirl, Static Shock, and you know Blue Beetle, and on you know, or you know, just having that that kind of just that kind of view that those characters are lesser and just should just be put in the, on the streaming service. Um, 
yeah, I also wonder if the pandemic has anything to do with, you know, the fact that things aren't quite as bad as they were. Um, so maybe this is the start of kind of opening the floodgates and just not everything's just going to be in theaters. You know, I mean, could it could be? I don't know if that if that has anything to do with this, um, uh, because I know that in terms of the box office, uh, those are numbers that I'm sure they'll want. You know, if they if they think that it will be good, which these superhero movies are still profitable or good ones at least. So, um, you know, so that may be that may be a part of it as well. Um, and you know, like you said, with the success of the Batman, maybe they're kind of opening their eyes. Maybe they see, uh, with the story or whatever is going on with Batgirl right now, they're like, no, this is actually a really, really good project that can make us a lot of money. And maybe that influenced them. And maybe they said, okay, no, I think this, someone there was like, no, this should be in theaters. Um, so, um, so it could be a lot of different things. I, I tend to think that it, you know, like with most things, it's it's a combination, some kind of like a hodgepodge combination of one of a couple or all of those factors um, where, you know, everything, you know, is like, listen, you know, honestly, you know, pandemics, maybe not as bad as it was. And, right. You know, probably a good idea to put it in theaters anyway. You know, it looks better for us anyway. Let's just put it in theaters. That's kind of just what I tend to think is going on. Um, and also a lot of these, especially Warner Media, you know, when it comes to these, you know, movies, particularly you think these big budget superhero movies, they would probably want them to be in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so you know, to me, this this um, it isn't too surprising, and I am, I think it's probably a good idea, honestly, for them to for them to to um, for them to just say, look, this is a this is seems like a good idea or at least you know if they're green lighting it it's good it's good enough for them to actually make it and uh you know back it financially so let's just release it in theaters <laughs> and see how much money we can make so that's what i think is going on here yeah i mean i think for me i i always felt like it was likely we we're gonna get to this place where this movie was hitting theaters of some sort it just mm -hmm. seemed i know that these these you know, companies are very much into the whole streaming situation, but I just felt like there was there at some point it was too obvious that a movie like Batgirl, with a, a no, not a not a certainly a super recognizable star, but a rising star like Leslie Grace and and the Batman family being a part of the situation, it just seemed like it, it didn't make sense for it to be a a story that you know they didn't deem to be worthy to be put onto. The, right. uh, the, the the big screen. And what was a little uh, revealing to me when I watched, or excuse me, when I heard, uh, when I read this report, and shout out to uh, Puck News. I, I've never heard of Puck News, but there, I guess, at Hollywood Outlet, they, they reported this. And shout out to the to the reporter, uh, Matthew Baloney, who did seems, seemingly an excellent job reporting this story. I, I, what stood out to me was this notion that, Hey, we have a couple of dollars lying around that we'll flip over to Batgirl to actually improve the movie in order to put it on the big screen. Which that was a little concerning for me to hear because I don't understand the whole notion behind putting it on HBO Max was that, hey, like we're putting like theater level movies on our streaming service, and that's why you guys are gonna love it because like this is the kind of thing you normally have to go to a theater to see. And and, and to be fair, you know, they pointed out, you know, you know, more money for the soundtrack, more money for the promotion, and that's not necessarily something that's involving the actual movie. But they did say, you know, money to, to improve visual effects. 
which to me is like, why was that money not money, money not spent to begin with? I mean, aren't you just supposed, trying to make the best movie possible? Like that right. was a little alarming because they kind of hedged the whole thing of them putting these movies not in theaters but on HBO Max. Say, hey, these movies aren't lesser. It's just more risky to put it in theaters. And my thing is, well, hell yeah, it's going to be more risky if you're not spending the right kind of money on effects <laughs> to, put, to put it in theaters. Yeah, that would be hella risky. But if you're doing the right thing, there's no reason for it to, to, to be a risky property. I mean, we're all talking about trying to have you know new stories being told, uh, adding more diversity to these stories that we see in Hollywood. Like, why would those you know opportunities to do that with these properties that actually have great potential be risky well yeah if you're, you're half-assing it when it comes to visual effects that would be a risky proposition because you may end up end up having a lame movie and a movie that maybe is being played on someone's local tv maybe it won't be as bad in terms of the effects that they put out there and maybe we'd be able to live with that but i was kind of a little annoyed when i saw that that oh they may you know throw a couple dollars over to help the visual effects the visual effects i would hope would have been high level to begin with but Sometimes, Shamari, you're in a situation where you can't get too mad about someone doing the right thing, even if it's for the wrong reasons. And right. maybe it's the wrong reasons. But, hey, if it means I get a very nice-looking, uh, you know, you know, 21st-century-looking Batgirl movie on the big screen, and it took, you know, you know the, 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 the evils that come with capitalism to get us to that point, eh, whatever. I'm not going to go super crazy about it, but I did note it. That's something that was kind of odd because you can't like you, you're pitching me that these are you know movie level movie movie uh, theater level movies going on HBO Max. Now you're telling me, oh, we could actually make real money. Well, shoot, we're gonna have to spend more money in this movie that we've been saying is top notch to begin with. You know, like, I don't know how you feel about that, but that was kind of my reading when I saw this. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely very suspect. That's very suspect. You know, um, I mean, I mean, I'm right there with you. I I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, do that anyway and the movie would have been you know it, like I said any movie you know a movie needs a good enough budget to be successful um, and if you're going to put out this movie on streaming without like good visual effects it wouldn't have been successful there either mm-hmm. and then it would have been it's kind of self-fulfilling cycle of oh well see no one liked it anyway I'm glad we didn't put this out in theaters exactly you're so right, it's just right. So it's just a it's a whole issue. Um, but I'm right there with you. I am glad at least that we're getting it in theaters. It's going to get its due. You know what the shit what they should do is put static shock in theaters and give it a proper budget for sure. And then they make a lot of money. Um, so hopefully we see that static shock get the same treatment. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, the creators of static shock are, are probably, you know, banging that drum as well, just as hard. So. Um, yeah. And you know what's fascinating too, Sham, is, is, is part of the article is, is, is that some of HBO's thinking could also be seeing what the, what the article calls the great correction of Netflix in 2022, which is, you know, Netflix, you know, they're kind of down bad right now. You know, we hear all this stuff about, we got to mm-hmm. do something about the password sharing. We got to add ads now. Um, yeah, Netflix doesn't know, look good. Yeah, things that are very alarming. Now, and the article is suggesting that, hey, maybe they're seeing that and saying maybe this whole go all in on streaming strategy isn't necessarily the smartest idea, which is a little interesting to me, Sham, only because part of the reason why Netflix is reevaluating itself is because studios like Warner and Disney have elected to 
get into the streaming game and make things more life more difficult for Netflix. So it's kind of weird right. to be like, oh, maybe the streaming thing isn't it. It's like, well, no, you've uh, you flooded the market. Now you made it the number one. The number one. Uh, now you made the number one dog in the game, kind of in a in a in a, in a weird spot here, and they're having to kind of readjust because they're not a big major studio that's putting movies out in theaters, and and have right. other other you know properties outside of just its streaming service. So it's just weird that they're like, oh, maybe the streaming thing isn't it. It's like, I mean. No, like you may have killed streaming yourself because of all the things you've done to bring about your own streaming services. So that like that like messaging behind why some of this stuff is happening all seems just very fascinating to me when uh, when when uh, talking about this. But we'll see. At the end of the day, like Shmari said, I'm happy that Batgirl could really be seeing itself, you know, in theaters now. Um, hopefully, Blue Beetle. Hopefully, Static Shock will get the same treatment. Hopefully. Whatever shortcomings those movies may have in terms of budget, I mean, I don't want to hear nothing about no visual effects changes to Blue Beetle. I mean, that that sound that's really disturbing potentially. If they were gonna, you know, shortchange, yeah, that's, the, that should the, be that should be moral. Yeah, all visual effects when, yeah. when it comes to seeing Blue Beetle. <laughs> exactly. Now, of course, you know, this is purely a conversation about Batgirl. Maybe they they understood that with Blue Beetle and the money right. was gonna be there. And Batgirl certainly the budget for visual effects is shouldn't be close to Blue Beetle in my opinion. But still, right. like, you, you know, I'm hoping that that's not a situation where, oh, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have to fork over more money for, uh, you know, Blue Beetle now, too, when it's like you should have been forking over whatever you needed to make that look as good as possible because uh, that is definitely going to be a, a, a bit of a tall order, you know, when it comes to CGI and things like that because of the nature of the Scarab and, and, and Blue Beetle and Jaime Reyes's, uh powers. But we'll continue to follow that story. As it as it uh, trudges along, but we'll 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 continue this podcast episode talking about uh, Marvel and talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is crazy to believe that we're we're now just what are we two weeks away at this point, almost less than two weeks away from this movie releasing in theaters. And the head writer for Loki is also the same man who wrote the screenplay for Doctor Strange, that being Michael Waldron. If you guys have not seen Loki on Disney Plus. I guess this conversation may be a spoiler to you, though. You know, you know, Shamari, you know how Shamari is. You know, we heard last week, like, he, he, he don't care. <laughs> He's a y'all should have been watching it by now. Um, but I will put that out there to you guys. If you have not watched Loki, some of this stuff may be spoiler territory. I will also suggest that you should watch Loki if you have not watched it yet because it's pretty damn good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think that it may actually end up being the best Disney Plus series that we've seen so far. But if you've watched Loki and you kind of see what's being set up with Doctor Strange and the, and the you know, promotion for it, you see how these movies could potentially be intertwined. And when Kevin Feige did that presentation, I want to say it was Disney Investor Day when he did the presentation uh, talking about this movie along with Loki, along with Spider-Man, No Way Home. These movies were supposed to be intertwined, he said. In that these movies kind of play alongside each other if you watch the stories play play out as a whole. What? <clears throat> excuse me. I think I might mix that. You might have said Wandavision. Actually, so I might have uh, I might have screwed that a little bit. But Loki has some themes in it that is certainly plays along with that same with those themes that we see in Wandavision, in Spider Man, and in of course uh, not Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Well, Waldron spoke to the playlist. And was asked about, you know, how these stories with Loki and Doctor Strange intertwine or if they intertwine at all. And his uh, response was, quote, 
the headaches I have are probably intertwined, which is a pretty funny response. So I mean, it's all intertwined and it all stands alone. Like a great comic book universe, I think that one thing certainly informs the other. You're going to have to have a better time. You're going to have a better time watching the next chapter of an MCU story if you've seen the stuff before it. But also, hopefully, even if you never, if you've walked in off the street, you'll still have a blast. It should be good enough that it stands on its own. So it's he's kind of giving you two things there. He's saying, hey, if you watch previous chapters, this next chapter will probably be better for you. But I'm hoping that if you watch this chapter on its own, it's still pretty neat. So I, I see there, Sham, that there's probably going to be certainly some tie-ins to Loki, maybe not uh, massive tie-ins to Loki. But when you consider how, to me, the epic proportions that Loki ends on, which is, you know, Sylvie killing he who who remains, which is essentially uh, a version of Kang the Conqueror, which is was a massive moment in the show, and it should be a big moment in the MCU. I would certainly hope that there are major connections to that show, because otherwise I, I need that show to matter and those those uh those consequences to matter i don't know how you feel about it sham but and walter's not going to give away all his cars in an interview but i'm hoping that there, there is a considerable there are considerable um you know connections between these films because what happened in loki was one really cool but also it was should be very impactful for the rest of the mcu and if dot strange is going to have this major impact on the multiverse which was what allegedly he who remains was in charge of the stories kind of tell themselves no yeah i mean you would you would think that um you would think that they'd be related which is you know which i i know i had briefly kind of touched on last week as well um or speculated that you know Mm -hmm. he who remains may appear or potentially appear or a version of him will appear yeah, a version of him, um, you know, will appear in in this movie, uh, which is still very much possible. Um, and the writer, the writer being the same writer, and saying things like this kind of increases that likelihood. Um, so, I, honestly, I would think that that it's very likely that that is what he may be implying. Yeah, that we may see a version of Kang in this movie. Um, because I don't really, I mean, the variants, you know, we may hear about the variants in this movie, but I don't know if they'll go as in depth as in the show. Cause in the show, yeah, six episodes, you know, what, like six episodes and you had a yeah. lot of time to really go in, in detail with the variants and, and, uh, you know, the TVA and all that stuff. Um, so I don't really know how much of that we're going to get in this movie. Um, I don't know if we get any TVA name drops by the Illuminati or anything like that. Though, again, I don't it's just it's such a question of how much of the streaming stuff are they going to include in the movies? Mm-hmm. Like they can't make it so that people that didn't see Loki like feel really left out or anything like that mm-hmm. or feel lost. Right. So I don't know how much of that they're going to go into. I do think they can do tie ins like putting Kang in this movie. Like that, I, that I think is a very simple, easy thing for them to do. Yeah, you would think, and still make it feel like, oh, if you watch Loki, you're you're definitely benefiting from seeing it. You know, so I'm thinking, um, so I'm thinking something like that might be what we get. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tight rule for them to walk a little bit because I think that it is important for Marvel to make it clear that there is an added benefit to watching the Disney Plus shows and then going to see their movies because Disney Plus shows have been have been good, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if there's been... I would say with the exception of Loki and WandaVision, I don't know if I'd say any of them have been like exceptional. Uh, I think they've all been good to good to great. Again, that would, would be how right. I would describe it with those those two being great. But as of right now, we haven't seen anything from those uh, shows matter on the big screen. Now, we know WandaVision will matter because Wanda's in this next movie. But... I think it would be nice if we start to see some other things matter as well. We've seen Eternals, we've seen Spider-Man, and now we're getting this movie. And so far, and we see Shang-Chi. And none of them have had anything to do with anything that we've seen on Disney+. Plus. So at a certain mm-hmm. point, you got to start to tie those things tie, tie those things in at some point. Otherwise, I don't want to go as far as say, are you asking, telling me is this a waste of time? Because I enjoyed myself watching those shows. But you do have to, at some point, again, kind of give a payoff to those fans while also not just having your people who don't watch anything besides your Marvel movies and maybe aren't even super Marvel fans. Maybe you see the occasional Marvel movie come into the theater and be like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like it's a tough balance to have. I think they could definitely strike it, but we have not seen them really try yet. And this is going to, this will be really their first full attempt with at least WandaVision in the time. Yeah. But yeah. I think that it would make sense, especially given the nature of the story, for Doctor Strange to have some of that tie-in as well. I mean, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think I think um, uh, I think a tie-in with uh, with Loki um, would make sense. Maybe in explaining the time, the time variance, and and how that works. Uh, you know, something like that. You know, that may have. Um, you know that so stuff like that may work, um, but like you said, I agree. I, I think this is, I think this is going to be the first like kind of major one with want with regards to WandaVision, because if you don't watch WandaVision, you're not gonna, you're not gonna really gonna understand quite a bit potentially. That is a good point. Yeah, of what like Wanda has been through, and um, you know, you, from I mean, I mean, no, her kids are in the movie. Right, her kids. Her, I mean, they're in the they're in one of the TV spots. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so I mean, so so you know, you're like, who are these kids? You know, where they come from? Like, like you know, right. that, that's got, without seeing Wandavision, like, yeah, I mean, you're gonna be really lost. Yeah, so you know, and you get her new costume and all of that. Yeah, so she's you're the gonna... Scarlet Witch, which they've never said before in a Marvel show, except for in Wandavision. Right. So when she's referring to herself as the Scarlet Witch, will that even make sense to people? I mean, it will make sense because people will know her of that. Know that being the canon from the comic books right. and any other media you've probably seen Wanda Maximoff in. But it won't make sense for anybody who's actually only seen her in movies. You'd be like, wait a minute, where does the Scarlet Witch come from? She hasn't been called that yet. Right. So, you know, so so this will kind of be the big, the first big test. Yeah. I think, I think for, for Marvel and in this whole Disney plus kind of movies synchronized universe. Um, but I think we'll, I think we'll get a lot more tests with, with Kang. I think when, once Kang really starts being involved, um, I think we're going to get a lot more tests with that. 
And it's funny that you mentioned Kang being the guy you're most you feel like is a good chance that we'll see, which I think is true. But I think there's a good chance that Loki's in this movie, or mm. or even Sylvie being in the movie. Mm. Like I think everybody's kind of jumped to those other, you know, like you know, again, Kang the Conqueror, and I think again, I think it's a good guess, but. I think Loki being in this movie would also be a big surprise to people, especially if you didn't watch Loki. You'd be like, "What the hell? He's dead. What? What? What is this? What is actually even going on?" Right. Um, but if somehow Doctor Strange, while he's going through this multiverse, he realizes he's trying to figure out why this is all even happening, and maybe he runs to Loki. He's like, "Yeah, I got a lot of explaining to do." <laughs> like, um, I think that that could make for a really good scene, and I think that that would also be that. Would, that to me would be maybe an even smarter way of trying to say, "Hey, we don't want to." alienate people who have not watched our Disney Plus content, but also give the people what they want, the people who have. Because people who have not watched the Disney Plus shows or didn't watch Loki know who Loki is and they know what he's about. So seeing him won't be... It'll be jarring, but not jarring from the sense of like seeing him, period. Like, you see Jonathan Majors and like they're acting like he's been around. You'd be like, what the hell? What What is going on? Like, Loki, right. it's more of like it maybe adds more to the mystery of like how is he alive and like how is this happening, but him being there is not the surprise, you know. But it would still be pretty neat, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be that would be. Um, I mean that that would be cool. I mean, and and I mean Tom Hiddleston. I think just I think just the 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 fact of Tom Hiddleston being there will just be a joy to so many people. That'll offset any kind of confusion. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. So I mean, honestly, when it comes to this movie, I feel like almost everyone's fair game. You know, I feel like I feel like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Cat might make an appearance. Mm. Uh, Chris Evans. I mean, it, it, any it really anybody could show up. Hugh Jackman could be. It, I don't know who's going to be in this movie, and the, the the speculation is getting is getting you know insane, and we know Patrick Stewart's in the movie, so at this point, you know, you feel like almost anyone could show up. Yeah, and this movie is coming out on May fourth. I mean, again, you're talking about yep, uh, just less than a week from now at this point, or a little, a little more than less than two weeks from less now. than two weeks. Yeah, about a week, and, almost a week and a half from now. So buckle up. I mean, buckle up. I like I said in the podcast. I don't know if it was last week, the week before. It just feels like we just to me. It just feels like we got to get past this movie before we really get to have the, a lot of the fun speculation games that we've been having without it. You know. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of it is just yep. pure speculation out of nothing. Like, I think we got to get to this movie because I think that will have a lot of answers. But until then, we're kind of just in a holding pattern. But, man, I can't wait at this point. Um, shout out to Michael Waldron. Uh, shout out to everybody at Marvel trying to put this thing together. I hope that they put together a really great project because, um, you know, the, ant- the anticipation is pretty high. I saw a, I forgot who came out with it, but I saw a report that Doctor Strange is now the most uh, anticipated movie left for 2022. So okay. That's a pretty, you know, it's Marvel, but, you know, it is Doctor Strange. He's not like a A-list hero. So for the fact that, that this yeah. movie, the world is getting around that much that this is going to be a major deal, mm-hmm. that, that, is a, that is a big deal. <laughs> Excuse me. But let's, um, let's get to the last story of today. We're talking about Spider-Verse. So Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse which is going to be the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that movie coming out um, several years ago, 2019. The new sequel, which is a two-parter, Across Spider-Verse Part 1, Across Spider-Verse Part 2, 
that movie has been delayed. It was originally supposed to come out in October of this year. That has now been pushed back. Uh, now you'll see a new release date of 2023 for that movie. Um, June 2023 for, for Spider-Verse, uh, which is you know disappointing, of course. The part two version of that film will come out in March of 2024. So you're talking about an eight-month delay from October to June. Then you'll have Madam Web, a movie that did not have a release date yet. has officially been slotted for July of 2023. So the way everything's set up right now, you have, of course, the Spider-Verse in, in June, and then a month later, Madam Web. Well, Shamari, what do you make of first the the the, uh, the 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 delay for Spider-Verse, and then subsequent release date for uh, Madam Web? Uh, well, I'm very disappointed to hear about the delay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's just all the, the then the, the speculation just runs wild with with what could be causing. Um, this delay, I mean, the movie was supposed to come out like this fall. Um, so, I mean, and, and they didn't give a reason. They just pushed it back. You did? Yeah. Yeah. From what I know. Yeah. I, I don't think they got, I think, um, Christopher Miller, uh, he just wrote a tweet saying, uh, you know, more time to make it better. I think was his tweet. Like okay. that. Yeah, more time to make it great was his tweet. All right. That well, was all we. That was all we got. You know, we don't. I didn't get an official, at least from what I've seen. Forgive me to the audience who may know more, but as of today, that's all I've okay. seen. Interesting. Um. So I know. I know uh, Peter Ramsey was just tapped to do um. To do Ahsoka, uh, for Disney Plus. I don't know if there's any kind of scheduling or whatever obligations um, that would come with that. Um, well, I, excuse me for again, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I thought that they moved on from Ramsey for the. Oh, did they? I believe they did. Yes, yeah, so oh. I'll come up with the, who the new directors are now. Okay. But, yes. We... But I believe that you know, and that was we had, I think we talked about it a little bit as well about how that that being kind of a, a bold choice to decide that you know despite yes. the success of the first one yeah very go somewhere bold. different yeah this one is going to be joaquin dos equis uh oh, me, dos equis jesus joaquin dos santos apologies uh kent powers and justin thompson are directing this one okay all right all right so that so that so i guess i that you know that uh, crosses out that theory so i don't know what it could be you know i mean it could be a, a myriad of different things could be you know, budget related, it could be personnel related, you know, it could be a million different things, but it's just, it's, you never want to hear that, especially when it comes to a movie as that you're looking forward to as much as this one. Um, now the flip side of that is you want this movie to be as good as humanly possible, right? I don't want them to rush this. I'm not, you know, going to be like, hurry up and come out, you know, if it's not as good as it can possibly be. So, you know, if they feel like they need almost a year, to make it as good as it could be, then I mean, I guess it is what it is. But it's just, it's just a shame that you'd have kind of you know scheduling issues that are this bad to push it, you know, to July or or how? Wait, no, that's not July. How how late? It's like it was oh, June, June, twenty. Okay, June, eight, eight, yeah, eight so months from October. Yeah, so eight months. So that's, that's a that's a very significant delay. Um, so that's so that's a bummer. But you know, they I guess you know, truck and shoulders, they they got to do what they got to do. Um, now, Madam Web, uh, I'm glad Madam Web has a date. 
Um, I guess, I mean, there's not much, and it's pretty soon too. So, which means that they're really kind of getting the ball rolling with Madam Web. So they're not, they're not wasting any time. They're like, no, this is, this is coming out. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, cause I was not expecting this movie to come out next year, but I mean, I guess they, they feel like they can make it pretty quickly. Um, so I, I don't really know how to feel about that, except I guess it's good that they have, uh, you know, a plan in place and think they can execute it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how good it is. Uh, it's, I think it's good that they're not planning on taking forever to release the movie, similar to like, you know, Morbius or any of these other ones that you feel like it just took forever to come out. Yeah. And, and I know that in the past, in, in the recent, some of the delays we've seen in movies, they've pushed it on to the fact that, you know, the same people who do special effects for a lot of these, you know, companies, like they're, they're apparently there's like a backlog because, you know, you have all these films that have been delayed because of mm. the pandemic and you right. get all the effects done. I don't know how that will relate to animators. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's right. the same people and then if, is, are they being affected by that backlog? I mean, it is, especially something like, uh, especially something like, like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I mean, you know, that animation is, is, is very unique. It's 3D. It's almost, it's really like CGI, essentially. So that makes me right. maybe that, that could be closer to the other people that have had issues with effects and, and things just being delayed. They could be more in line with those uh, other things, you know, not necessarily just the regular, you know, animators who are just, you know, drawing on paper, for lack of a better term. So that could certainly be part of this. Um, it is disappointing, but I think especially with animated movies, like I'm, I'm just not going to trip about the movies being delayed in terms of, uh, you know, concern about the movie being good or anything. You know, you want this movie to look as good as possible. I mean, it's 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 right. you don't want to rush the animators. You don't want them putting out content that's not up to their abilities because they're just trying to get a movie out by a certain time. Uh, I think the fact that this movie now gets a summer release date is pretty cool. Like I think that. It deserves a summer release date, quite frankly. I mean, it won an Oscar for the first movie, and I think it's highly anticipated. I think that the the the, the close date that it has with Madam Web is interesting to me. It makes me wonder if that's going to stick for either of those films. Because we saw the last time we had two dates this close, remember, it was supposed to be Spider-Man No Way Home and Morbius. Remember, Morbius was supposed to come out, I think, in January of this year. That got pushed back like a couple months just to give it some space from Spider-Man No Way Home. And thank God they did that because, uh, I mean, Morbius would have just been a footnote in history. If right. uh, I don't know if it needed history. I don't know if anybody would have even known that it was out if they had decided to drop it just a month after Spider-Man. And considering, again, the issues with that movie, I'm not, there would have been no benefit to doing it in that way. I wonder if there's any benefit to doing it this way for Madam Web and Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, or is this just a coincidence, or are these just very tentative dates that they'll then move around even more so? But that was surprising to me to see that you would do Spider-Verse in June and then do Madam Web, which I would assume will have some Spider-Verse elements to it because it's Madam Web. I would assume that would be somewhat tied or connected or at least adjacent to some of the stuff we'll see explored in Spider-Verse. So that, that to me, was actually one of the weirder things I saw about this. The, the, the delay sucks, but seeing that it's so close to Madam Web, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. I don't know what to think about Madam Web. 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they think about Madam Web. <laughs> you know, like it's it's all it's all quite frankly a big mystery to me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I I agree with you in just in terms of, you know, you know, it, it's they got to take however long they got to take, you know, with regards to when it comes to Spider-Verse. Right. I mean, it, you can't shortchange the anime. Like I said, the anime when it comes to like the animation. Yeah, it is what it is. It's similar to, you know, a lot of these video games get delayed. And right. At this Very point, good. I don't even I don't even trip about it anymore because, you know, when they're rushed to release it, it looks awful. And it runs. Yeah you, do, yeah, you do not want a buggy game, folks. Like, it's just, yeah. yeah. You just let them just take as much time as they need. It's not a big deal. Yeah, they take as much time as they need. So, uh, you know, I, I feel you there. It's kind of the same thing here. Um, and yeah, to me, again, Madam Web is just a, just a big question mark. I don't know what to think of it. Um, Do you feel like to me, I mean, just looking on the, just looking from the surface, I mean, July 7th, 2023 right now is April of 2022. From my understanding, nothing has been shot. Does that sound like an ambitious date to you? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Um, 15 months to release and I don't know anything that's been shot. We don't even know the whole cast. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, we're still getting casting kind of. Yeah leaks and announcements and whatnot yeah like J- so, johnson uh, and sweeney oh. are the supposed leads um dakota johnson and sydney sweeney right i don't think either of those have actually been official announcements from sony that's been you know you know that was a pseudo you know the pseudo official where hollywood reporter or deadline or vulture one of them get these scoops so we know yeah. it's happening but like but it's still like sony hasn't actually come out with anything and said oh yeah these are people that are in this movie um so I don't know, like, so yeah, again, fifteen months to release, and I don't think you shot anything, and I don't know a lot of your cast. I, I will yeah. be shocked if they get to that date. Yeah, I'll just put it out there. I'll, I'll stand on my two on two on this on this point and be like, if they make that date, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if that ended up getting pushed back for for any reason, you know. But you know, not even just yo, know, they didn't finish it. Maybe they just all, you know. I don't know. It just that that window's kind of tight. You know, a lot of other good movies, whatever, just push it back, kind of thing. Like I don't, or the reshoots. You know, whatever. Like I, I could definitely see them pushing that back. That may be a tentative, kind of more hopeful date, potentially. But then again, I'm also kind of like, you know, are they really putting that much into this movie? I mean, it's Madam Web. Are they just like, oh, you know, just make it, you know, film it, you know, slap a done lap of finish label on it ship it out to the amcs and regals and you know your other kind of local theaters and just show it and we'll see what happens is it going to be one of those where you just kind of just make it and just show just just any of these other kind of random hollywood movies they just pump out you know so i don't know it's it's weird that summer 2023 is shaping up to be an interesting one because in may you'll have guardians volume three and Fast 10. Mm-hmm. In June, if this stays, you'll have Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Later that month, on the 23rd, you'll have The Flash, which we know all the issues going on with that right I now. Mean, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I mean, I Indiana guess. Jones also comes out later that month as well. And Transformers also comes out in, in June 9th. June's a pretty big month in 2023. Mm-hmm. And then in July, where we start off, okay, Madam Web on the 7th, but you got Mission Impossible on July 14th. And later that month, 
you have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So, I don't know. It seems like kind of tough pickings for Madam Web. Decide that I'm gonna. This is the this is the summer I'm gonna try to lay my claim here. You're sandwiching between Mission Impossible and The Flash and Ant Man, which I expect. I expect this Ant Man movie to be bigger than any of the other Ant Man movies. Mission Impossible Seven, I think, will have considerable considerable you know clout behind it because I think people like the last Mission Impossible movie. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Flash, but you know the Flash is supposed to be a big movie, so that's just interesting. Uh, you know, Sony having two movies that close amongst all these other really big movies that are around it. Twenty twenty three could be a very interesting time, guys. But you know, we'll be with you guys talking through it all. But that's gonna do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. Of course, if you like this show. Make sure you uh you you follow us on uh, well first of all make sure if you would like to show you want to hear more episodes make sure you check us out on the New Generation Podcast Network you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud Stitcher and TuneIn where while also doing Hero Talk we also do a sports show we also talk a Star Wars on the Imperial Broadcast so plenty of good stuff for you guys if you enjoy our content check us out on New Generation Podcast Network. As I was going to say, you can also follow us on uh, YouTube, New Generation Media. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook as well by searching New Generation Media. And follow us individually on social media. You can find Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MCSham22. And you can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, ActionEJ. Thank you guys again for checking this out. For Shamari. I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.